oh, for a lot of students are coming to an end soon. So really, I was grateful for the worship team, you know, uh, who, who still have to study and take tests, and yet they're here serving the Lord, serving us. Um, that, that's, that's such a wonderful thing. And I see I, we got some uh, college students, college students back, and so that's nice. And uh, yeah, it's, it's really great to be with you all again. This past weekend has been really busy for me. Yesterday um, was, uh, I went to a wedding uh, reception in the, in the afternoon, and then at, at night I went to a friend's engagement party, so it's, it's, it's been busy, and it's been good to just kind of celebrating with them. I, uh, for me, growing up, I, I never really understood when people would say, like, oh, like, all my friends are getting married or they're getting engaged or they're like, oh, I'm in that life stage now and, and all of that. I never really understood that until now. I'm actually kind of feeling it now because, um, yeah, a lot of my friends are getting married, getting engaged and all that. Some of them, you know, might even having children soon. So it's like, whoa, you know, totally different, different life stage now. And um, so it's, 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 been, it's been great. It's been great. God is good and just, um, you know, praying that God's going to bless their marriage and all of that. So that's been really cool. Um, would you turn with me to Acts chapter 12? Acts chapter 12. So we're continuing off um, where we left off with the church in Antioch. All right, last week we read about an awesome story about the church in Antioch being strengthened uh, with the teachings of, of Barnabas and Saul. And they're, they're encouraged and decided to place Jesus as the center of their lives. Um, right? Jesus uh, gave their life meaning and purpose. And it affected the way they lived. And because of that, they earned the name Christian. Right, a Christian, we only see that, like I said last week, we only see this word appear in the Bible three times. The word Christian only appears three times. Right, it's this word that, that describes devoted followers of Christ. And we see a church who not only learned about uh, how to obey God, but they also went out and they did it. They did it. They, they went out and, and they showed. It showed through their lives. They heard about how the Christians in Jerusalem were suffering because of a drought. And then they, they decided, you know, we, we want to help them. We want to help our brothers and sisters. Although, um, you know, they're, they're in Jerusalem, and, and you know, mo- like most of them, they're, they're Jewish. And us out here in Antioch, you know, we're, we're Gentiles, but we, we're, not, we're not against each other anymore. We're not fighting against each other anymore, but rather we're brothers and sisters in Christ. So we want to help them. So they decided to send a gift uh, through, uh, Paul, uh, through uh, Saul and Barnabas to Jerusalem. And it's just such a wonderful picture of these two groups of people coming together and, and really loving one another. Or these two groups of people that never had any obligations to each other, they never had any meaningful con- uh, connection to each other, but now they're caring for one another. And that, that's such, such a wonderful thing. And uh, let, let's, let's read in verse 1 now, chapter 12, verse 1. So it was about this time that, that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church. So this King Herod is, is not the same King Herod uh, that tried to kill uh, Jesus when he was a baby in Bethlehem. This is not the same king. Um, this, is his, uh, this is his grandson now. Okay, so it's not the same king. So as you see, this is quite a, quite a, a, a few years have passed now um, since then. And this King Herod, he's arrested some who belonged to the church. And he intended to persecute them. So this is nothing new. Uh, do you guys remember uh, any, any name that pops out of someone who did something like this? A- any names? Any name? Just, just, just shout it out. 
trying to persecute the church. Saul, uh, so yeah, so Saul, right? Saul, right? So Saul's this guy who also tried to persecute the church. So um, this is nothing new, right? Um, and this King Herod, he had James, the brother of John, put to death with a sword. So James and, James and John, these two are uh, the apostles, James and John. James and John are usually two names that come together. They're usually coupled together. Uh, they're, the, they're, they're, three of, uh, they're part of the three inner crew of Jesus, right? We, we usually hear the three names, Peter, James, and John, put together. So there are these, uh, these disciples, uh, these early disciples, part of the inner crew, um, one of Jesus' best friends, and James is put to the death with the sword. Let's just pause there for a second. He's put to death with the sword. So this is the first apostle recorded in the Bible to be a martyr. This is the first one. He's killed now. We've had Stephen, and then now we have James. And when he saw, when Kieran Herod saw that this pleased the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. So we see this King Herod, who is this guy of power and authority. You know, he, 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 he likes this influence. He, he, he wants people to like him. He saw that it pleased them. Maybe it would give him more political power, more influence to do what he wanted to do. So he saw that it pleased them, so he decided to seize Peter also. And this happened during the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And after arresting him, he put him in prison, handed him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers. So we do the math, how many soldiers in total? 16, all right, Audrey still got it, right? 16, okay. So, so four squads of four soldiers each, and Herod intended to bring, them out, bring him out for a public trial after the Passover. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. So suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in his cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrists. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals, and Peter put them, and did so. He wrapped his cloak around him and followed him. And Peter, he followed him out of prison, but he had no idea that what the angel was doing was actually happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. He, they passed through the first and second guard and came out onto the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself, and they went through it. When they had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. Right, then Peter came to himself and said, Now I know without a doubt that the Lord sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were anticipating. Right, when this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark. Right, there were many people uh, who had gathered there, and they were praying. Right, Peter knocked on the outer entrance, and a servant girl named Rhonda came to answer the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed, she ran back without opening, without opening it and exclaimed, Peter is at the door. But how did they respond? They said, you're out of your mind, they told her. 
When she insisted that it was so, they said, it must be his angel. But Peter kept on knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. And Peter motioned with his hand for them to be quiet and described how the Lord had brought him out of prison. Tell James and the brothers about this, he said, and then he left for another place. All right, so I'm going to stop here, and we're going to read more later. Let's just unpack this for now. But as we see, as quickly as the good news of the Church of Antioch reached uh, uh, Jerusalem's uh, ears, and it reached our ears, the very next story, it seems to show this, this darkness, right? It seems to, sh- to spell defeat. We see that James is dead, right? Peter is in prison, and King Herod is doing whatever he wants. Right? He, he, what he's doing seems to be prevailing, and he's hurting the church. He's persecuting the church. So what is going on? Like when we read this, it's like, well, I, when I was reading this, and, and maybe you guys wanted to see but like, what, what's God doing? What's God doing right now? Like, isn't God in control of everything? Isn't God in control of everything? And, and for us, sometimes we might wonder, if God is in control of everything, then why does this happen? Something in us, we, 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 we think like, you know, if, if God is powerful, if God is sovereign, then it, it must happen this way. It should happen this way. Right, last, last, last Sunday, we were kind of going through the moral argument and, and uh, objections to Christianity and all of that. And then we were talking about stuff like, you know, if, if God is all-powerful, you know, then why is there, like, evil? Right? And if, if evil exists, then, you know, is God all-powerful? Or if, he's, if he is all-powerful, then he must not be willing to, to help or, or whatnot, right? So, so there's all these um, assumptions that we have about God and, and what, what God should do. And sometimes we might even question, right, the sovereignty of God is the meaning, the power and authority that God has above everything else, everyone else. And we might wonder, like, like is, it, is it true? Is it working? Is, is, is God really in control? Or is this world just going out of control and, and God's not really doing anything about that? Or is he limited in some way? And I believe that, that God really has a message for us here today that talks about how big God is, right? And, and that God really does, uh, he, I mean, he's got us, man. He, he really holds the whole world in his hands. So we see here that, um, that, that King Herod right now, he's, 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 uh, he's wreaking havoc in the church. He's killed an apostle ready. He has another apostle ready to kill. Just when he put him on trial and he's ready to kill him. But he's waiting until after the Passover, right? That's, that's kind of like the law. But they need to wait for a trial. No trials during Passover. So he needs to wait until after that. Right? And, and we see that in verse 2, the, right, as, as we see James, he's, he's killed with the sword, meaning that he was beheaded. And, and then the story moves on, which at a glance, it almost feels kind of disrespectful. Don't you think? As we talked about, you know, James, he's the brother of John, you know, one of the inner three, one of the Jesus' closest friends. He actually met Jesus, right? And James, he was an apostle with position and authority. And yet, we don't really hear that much about him. We don't hear that much about him. He's given about two sentences, and that's it. Two sentences, and that's it. 
the story, the, him in this story, it's, it's kind of, it's over. And, we, and it kind of leaves us scratching our heads. I think, you know, even Stephen, even he got more of a tribute. Even he got more, uh, if, if you want to talk about it, even he got more screen time in a sense. He got a whole two chapters dedicated to this guy called Stephen. And Stephen, he wasn't even an apostle. Right? What was Stephen? What was, what was his, his title? What was his title? Right? He was a deacon, right? So what was, what was his role? What was, what was Stephen's role? Come on, I, I, can't, I can't hear. What was, what was his role? Prepare food. Prepare food. He's, he's, a, he's a waiter. Or, I mean, he's, not, he's a chef or what? He's a chef? What, what, is, what, is, what do you mean by prepare food? What? Taking care of, of what? People? What kind of people? Elderly? elderly? Not, not necessarily elderly. What? Come on, guys. It's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. You can, you can look. You can look back. Widows. Widows. Right. So, so uh, Stephen, he's this guy of character. Right? And he's, he's chosen by the church uh, to take care, along with other people, six others, to take care of widows. Because, uh, you know, these widows, they're kind of arguing. They're like, you know, you guys are only taking care of the Jewish widows. But what about us Greek, Greek widows? You guys, aren't, you guys are neglecting us. So then, you know, so they're like, okay, we've got to figure this thing out. So we're going we're gonna to choose seven men who are, you know, full of the Spirit. And we're going to choose them. We're going de- to uh, set them apart to take care of these widows. So, and, and Stephen was one of them. I mean, he wasn't even an apostle, but this guy, he's given a full two chapters, and he gives us like, like, like this, uh, such a long speech, and then he's killed. And then what seems even more is that, is that after James dies, Peter, who's in prison, he's rescued. He's free, right? Isn't, isn't that kind of weird? It's like... It's like, what's up? What's up? What, what, what's up? Like, what's, what's going on here? Like, James just died, but, like, but, then, but, then, but then you go and free Peter? Like, why, why, why not free James? Or, or why, doesn't, why doesn't Peter meet the same fate, right? And I wonder if for you guys, is, 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 it, is it, I mean, do you ask those kind of questions? Is that, sometimes you feel that way? Like, like God, um, why does this happen? Why did, why did this happen? Why didn't this happen? We, we, we ask, uh, and, and I wonder, maybe some of you guys are going through something, that, um, something in your lives, uh, that maybe something horrible, maybe something painful, maybe something unexpected, and, and maybe you're wondering uh, why your, maybe your plans, they don't bear fruit. What you, what you want to do, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't work, or uh, you just, you just, you're struggling with some challenges. And you're wondering about these things. Like, where, where is God? Where is God in all of this? Is God, does God care, care about my life? You know, or, uh, you know, like, going forward, like, I'm, I'm Christian now, but, does, you know, does God continue to care and all that? Like, or, you know, does he only care about my salvation? You know, like, like what's going on here? And let, let's continue to see what, what is God up to here. Or is God up to nothing, right? So in verse 4, we see that the Herod... He didn't want Peter to escape. So how many, how many soldiers did he put to, to guard uh, Peter? All right, 16 total, how many at a time? All right, and, and we see two were, were put next to him, right? 
when he, at nighttime when Peter, he's sleeping, he's actually chained up, and then there's two soldiers right next to him. And then there's two soldiers, you know, at the entrance, and they're guarding. And then these soldiers, they're guarding like their lives depend on it. Okay, that, that, that was, that was the, the law. It's basically, man, like, if your prisoner escapes, then your life is forfeit. If your prisoner gets away, your life is forfeit. And as we see later on, right, Herod, he, he's, he uh, I mean, as we'll read later on, yeah, yeah, something happens to these soldiers, which is not, not a good thing, but, um, so yeah, so we see that uh, they guarded him like the lives depended on it, and, and it was the night before the trial, and the night before the trial, just, just imagine, just picture in your minds, okay, just picture in your minds right now, that, you, that your friend is about to be killed, okay? Your, your friend is about to go on trial the next day, and your friend is most likely going to suffer the same fate as your friend, James. Think about how, how all the believers in Jerusalem were feeling at this time. Right? Peter, he was the, the head leader of the church you know, in Jerusalem at that time. He was the head leader. He was the main apostle, you know. But then, he's in prison right now. Right? Is God going to make Peter a martyr as well? Like, maybe that's what these Christians are thinking. Like, it, it's, like what's God going to do? Is the, is the number of apostles going to dwindle? It already dwindled from 12 to 11. Is it going to go from 11 to 10 now? And if, if Peter dies, then who's going to lead them now? Or are they going to be left behind? But then in verse 7, we read the word suddenly. I want you guys to repeat that word with me, suddenly. Suddenly, right, suddenly. So when we read this word suddenly, we should anticipate something. We should be in anticipation. Like what's going to happen next, suddenly. And we read that at night, an angel of the Lord appeared and he wakes Peter up by striking him on the side, which, which literally means that this, this angel gave him a soft blow, you know, a, a push. So, like, for me, like, I, I, you know, I'm like, when I try to wake people up, I try to, you know, just, like, shake him gently. I'm like, hey, you know, wake up or something. You know? But then this, this angel just comes in, like, boom, you know? So I, I just think that's kind of, like, humorous about, the, about how he woke him up. But he wakes him up, and he leads Peter out of prison and onto the street. And this whole time, Peter thinks he's dreaming. He, he, the whole time, he thinks this is not real. Yet he's just seeing stuff. And I don't know if you guys um, uh, have heard of uh, sleep texting disorder. Have you guys heard of that before? Sleep texting disorder? Where, where you're kind of asleep, but you're texting someone? Yeah? Yeah, like, I, 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 that's happened to me before. Like, because sometimes I'm, I'm, trying to, like, I'm trying to sleep or I'm taking a nap and someone's, like, texting me and it might be urgent or something, so I try to reply. And then, um, yeah, it's just, it's just weird. So basically, sleep, sleep texting orders when you're, you're not fully conscious, but you're, but you're, but you're texting and, 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 and like, it's, it's become, actually, like, this is actually, like, recorded by, by doctors now. It's actually increasing. This order's increasing. Um, and... Sometimes, like, when I wake up, I have this weird feeling that I had a conversation with somebody. I'm like, did it, did it happen or, or did it not happen? So then I'm like, oh, wait, oh, I should check my phone. So I check my phone, and sometimes like, I really did talk to someone, but, like, those, those sentences are incomplete, and there's a lot of typos. 
You know, I was like, what, what was I doing? You know, but, and I, and I wonder, maybe like, this is kind of how Peter was feeling, like, you know, like, huh, like, like, what's going on here? And then when he wakes up, he's kind of like, oh, was this all real? Was this all real? And then he came to himself. And then he came to himself. Meaning, then he fully woke up. And he rescued that, and he realized that God had rescued him. And I want you guys to realize that this is the turning point in this story. This is the turning point in this story. Herod, he was this big baddie, right? Big baddie, putting, you know, killing James, putting Peter in prison. He was persecuting Peter, persecuting the church. He's trying to hinder what God's trying to do. But then he's confronted by God. God was doing something. Peter didn't know it at that time. But now, after he was fully awake, he understood that God was doing something. And did Peter know what was going to happen in the future, like, like down the road? Did he know? No, he didn't know. But in that moment, in verse 17... When he went after he went back to to the house and he was like, yeah, and I mean, I just find this whole actually like before that I just find this whole thing really just humorous, right? He's he's knocking on the door, and then he's like, hey, like you know, it's me, it's me. And then uh, Rhonda, she like she she's like, oh yeah, I hear Peter, it's 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 Peter. And then she doesn't even uh, you know she, uh, she 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 didn't even open the door. She didn't even open the door for Peter, and then she she's so overjoyed that she runs back to tell all the people there, like, hey, you know, Peter's here. And then Peter's just like, he's just like, he's just like still there, like, hey, like, hey, guys, you know, it's me, Peter. And, you know, like, all the believers there, they're there, they're praying, but they don't believe it. They don't believe it. And they're just like, man, it's not, you must be out of your mind. It's not Peter. It must be somebody trying to imitate Peter and he's trying to fool us to get us to open the door so they can, like, arrest us or something. So they don't believe it. And they say it must be his angel. But after, you know, after a while, you know, they, they figure out it is him, and then they, they take a risk, they open the door, and then Peter, he tells them to come closer, and then he shares his testimony about what God was doing in his life. So for you guys, for us, we might not fully comprehend what's going on in, in, in our lives. We might not fully comprehend. Like some of us, we might be going through some, some really tough stuff, some really difficult stuff, some, some, maybe some things we don't, want to, we, want, we don't want to be in, or maybe it's happened in the past, maybe it's going to happen in the future. I don't know. We don't know. But sometimes we don't fully comprehend what's going on. As we see here, it's, that's, that's, that's okay. That's okay. And there's some stuff in my life that I wrestle with too. But I want, what I want everyone to hear is that, and listen closely, is that, yes, God is sovereign, Right? Yes, God is powerful. God holds the whole universe together. God created us. But God doesn't promise life without struggle. That wasn't in his promises. God, God didn't promise life without pain. Right? God didn't promise unfortunate, uh, uh, unfortunate events. Right? I, I, was in, I, I was in two accidents in, in like three months. Right? My girlfriend was in three accidents in three months. Like, like, like what's up with that, right? Like, God, couldn't you just protect us or something? Or, or you know, like, why, God, why that have to happen at all? Or why, why can't you just save everyone or something? You know, like, like uh, from, those, from those type of incidents. 
there's things that I wrestle with too. Like God, God never, God never promised us that that we would uh, that, that that we would be um, that we wouldn't face death in this life. Right, sometimes we sometimes yeah we don't know as humans we're limited. We don't know what God's up to in a sense. We sometimes we don't know. And like many of the characters in these stories, like Philip uh, and and the the Ethiopian eunuch, right? God just God just sent him. I was like, hey, go, go here, go talk to this guy. And Peter and, and Philip was like, man, I don't, I don't know why God wants me to talk to this guy. Like, um, like, okay, but I'll go. And, and something, something amazing happened out of that, right? He was able to share the gospel with him. And just like Peter and Cornelius, right, the centurion, man, like, like Peter's up, up on his rooftop, he's chilling. You know, he's having a dream and he's hungry. And then people come to his, to his house and like, hey, come with us. And he goes with them, and he finds out, oh, God prepared this opportunity for me to share the gospel with this guy, Cornelius, and his whole household and his friends. But he didn't, during that whole time, he didn't know what was happening either. And I think many times for us, we might not know what's going on, but God's planning something. God's doing something. It might not be exactly what, what we want, what we hope for, but, but God is living, and he's active, and he's powerful. I'm not, I'm not saying that every single thing that happened in our life, like, like God, uh, I mean, I would say God allowed it to happen, whether it's, it's really horrible or not, God allowed it to happen, but not necessarily that, that God want, like, God, God, God wished that upon us, in a sense. So some terrible things really do happen, and that, that's, that's, that's a bad thing, that's a bad thing. Right? Well, as Christians, we, we, our hope is, is in the future. Right, we look towards when Jesus Christ is going to return, when everything is made new. But the suffering in this life that we, that we experience now, it's real. It's real. And I think what we face now in this life, it, it, it really uh, builds a, a sense of longing. A sense of longing for what's perfect, what's, what's, what's going to come. Right? And, and sometimes we, the things that we face right now, um, it helps us to kind of see like, wow, like how much awesome and amazing it will be when God comes back. And let's, let's, read, let's continue to, to, to read in verse, uh, in verse 12, verse 21. We're going to finish up here. Actually, I'll, sorry, I'll, I'll pull back a little. Now I'll read it, verse 18. It says, In the morning there was no small commotion among the soldiers as to what had become of Peter. Right? After Herod had a thorough search made for him and did not find him, did not find Peter, he cross-examined the guards and ordered that they be executed. Right? Then Herod went from Judea to Caesarea and stayed there a while. He had been quarreling with the people of Tyre and Sidon, and they now joined together and sought an audience with him. Having secured the support of Blastus, a trusted personal servant of the king, they asked for peace, because they depended on the king's country for their food supply. Now, on the appointed day, Herod, wearing his royal robes, sat on his throne. So just imagine, you know, Herod, he's, man, he's like the boss right now. You know, he's doing whatever he wants. He's wearing his royal robes, you know, his authority, his, his position, his stature, and seated on his throne, right, this, this sense of power. And he delivers a public speech to the people, and they shouted, this is the voice of a god, right, not a man, of a god. Immediately, because Herod did not give praise to God, an angel of the Lord struck him down, and he was eaten by worms and died. But the word of God continued to increase and spread. But the, Lord, uh, but the word of God continued to increase 
and spread. You see, it's always been about God. It's always been about God. Right? It's always been His story. And we're a part of His story. The story, the story is not, it's not about us. When we read the Bible, the main character is not us. The main character is God. Right? When we go through it, we read the whole Bible comprehensively. The meta-narrative of the Bible, the overarching story, is about God. So we can, we can try and compare Stephen and James. But ultimately, in the end, it, it really doesn't matter. The, the story is about, this Bible is about his story to us. It's about his relationship with us. It's about God who created all things right, for his glory and us to experience it with him. And we see that God, he's going to accomplish his will one way or another. And we see that Herod, this great persecutor of the, of the church, this guy who's doing whatever he wants, this guy who thinks he's all, all that, he's struck down by God. This great threat was eliminated. Not even he, this guy, King Herod, could withstand God. No longer would he be able to imprison and kill Christians And for me, as I was reading this, I was wondering, man, God, why couldn't you have done this sooner? Anyone, anyone wonder that? God, why couldn't you have done this sooner? If you did it sooner, then maybe James didn't have to die. Then maybe James, he could have went on to live a long life and you know, did, did the work of the Lord and, and preach and, and care for people and maybe um, more people could have became believers and all that. I was, I was just thinking like, man, God, why didn't you do something sooner? But ultimately, we're not told why. We're not told why. I think there's, there's kind of a, a mystery behind that too. We're not told everything. But we do see God at work. And at verse 24, ultimately, I think this is where it leads to. It says, but. Right, the first word in verse 24, depending on the versions you're reading, I'm reading the NIV right here because most of us use NIV, but the first word is what? But. Or re- re- repeat that after me. But. So when we read the word but, we, we need to see what it's connected to. So let's, let's, let's go back to verse 20, uh, the one before that. So it says, Immediately, because Herod did not give praise to the Lord, an angel of the Lord struck him down, and he was eaten by worms and died. But the word of God continued to increase and spread. And I love this imagery. It says it continued to increase and spread. And some translations of the Bible, it says to spread and flourish, to multiply. So we see the word of God is growing. This word of God is growing. If I, I showed you guys the map last week. Remember, we, we got Jerusalem, you know, near, near the bottom. And then we, got, we go higher. We got Phoenicia, and we go even higher. You know, we have Antioch, and then off in the island, you know, in the sea, we have uh, Cyprus. And then if we go even higher, you know, we, we go to Tarsus. Right? And, and these, these places are like 
300 miles apart, you got to take a ship to go to Cyprus, you know. Like, the gospel, word of God, it's spreading. And we see that God is in control. God knows what he's doing. And as we also see in the Bible is that he uses people like you and me, people like, like uh, Peter and James and Stephen to make these things happen. And he uses whatever comes into our lives, whatever, whatever pain, whatever hurt, whatever circumstances, whatever disappointments and fears and, and all these things, even the good stuff, he uses it. And, and all the mess that in this world, in our lives, he uses it somehow for his glory. And at that moment, we might not see that at that time. At that moment, we might not understand what's going on. But we see that God is at work. We see that Herod is dead at the, at the end of this chapter. I mean, at the end of this, this chapter, we see that Herod is dead. Right? Peter, instead, instead of James uh, being, being dead, we see Herod is dead. And instead of Peter being in prison, we see that, that Peter is free. And instead of Herod prevailing, we see that the word of God is prevailing. Do you see this contrast right? this, the, that's happening right here? And this is the God we serve. This is the God that we worship. <coughs> As we are seeing earlier... All these songs were uh, to God. Just, just songs about God, songs to God about who He is and what He's doing. And we see that this God who made all things sees everything to the end. He sees everything to the end. And there are so, so many people in this area, in Silicon Valley, in, in our lives, in our, in, that, that don't know the Word of God, that don't know God. They don't know the good news of Jesus. God wasn't about to let Herod stop that, and God isn't going to let that happen here either. That's what, I, that's what I believe the Bible is trying to tell us. So I want us to pray together and just, just, just spend, spend, a, spend a, a, like a minute just, or just like a quick time to pray, and let's just ask that, that the Word of God, it spreads and it flourishes in the Bay Area. Right, that, that, if, that takes root in our hearts, and that, that becomes something that, that we're excited about. That's something that, that we desire to, to, to share and let that spread and flourish in the bay. And let us take a moment and, and pray about that. It would be an, be an awesome a thing to be part of this work that God is about. Like, even though our safety, our lives, it's not guaranteed, but to be able to, to share this hope and this joy, this life, this new life with others, it, that's such an awesome thing. Right, for me personally, I came to know Jesus Christ because people shared it with me. These, these, these people, they, they, they desire to see college campuses flourish and the word of God spread. And that's how I came to know Jesus Christ, because people cared about that. And, and that, that, I hope that that's a desire for our church as well, that as a, as a group we, we gather together, we gather on Sundays, on Saturdays, or other days in a week, we gather together, we grow together, we learn together, we, we encourage each other, we challenge each other, we pray for each other, we care for each other, and then during the weekdays or wherever, we, we, we scatter, we go. We go and we be witnesses wherever we are. And I really pray that as a, as a church that we'd be able to share this message of hope and love that we have received with other people in our spheres of influence. 
And at this time, we would like to invite the, you know, the worship team to come up as we, we do communion, as we take communion together. Um, we see that, that communion is really a remembrance of what Jesus Christ has done for us. That this is the message and, uh, of hope and love and, and, and joy that we share as we, as we take together. Every time we, we, we come and we take this, we remember Jesus Christ and his, 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 his living a perfect life, his death, burial, resurrection, right? his, his blood, as, as the, the grape juice here symbolizes, is his, his blood uh, uh, shed for us, this, this blood that can wash away our sins and wa- wash us clean white as snow. As we see this, this, the, these crackers, they represent the body of Jesus, right, broken for us, that when we take this, we just remember, and, and we can be grateful. Also, this is a time where we, we come to the Lord and we just give, give to him what's on our hearts, things that we're struggling with, things that maybe we're, not, we're upset about, maybe some things that, that we're, we're, we're hurting. This is also time that we can um, just, just connect with him. And also, maybe it's time for us to repent as well of things that, that, that we've done that, that, that hurt God, that, that really dishonor God, that, um, that aren't pleasing, sins that, that we... Uh, commit against against ourselves, against other people, and ultimately against God. Where this is a this is a time for us to just uh, to to repent. It's also time to just to just give joy and thanks as well. So let's just spend a moment to to talk with God, and and when you're ready, just feel free to come up to take. Uh, if you're a Christian and if you're baptized, you can come take a, a cup and and a cracker. And if you need any assistance, we have uh, Usher Elder Jerry. He's willing to help. Just raise your hand. We'll be glad to help you. And um and then at the end, we'll just take it together. Okay, would, um, would we just all rise and, and together? Somehow, somehow it, it worked out, you know, I guess. Right, the last, 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 at least last big piece. <laughs> right, so um, let's just, let's, uh, I'm just going to give, let's just pray together, and then um, at the end we'll just, we'll just thank our Lord, right? Um, dear Heavenly Father, like, we are so glad that we can remember you. That, that you are our Lord, that, that you are our hope that we can hold on to your promises, that even if this life, whatever happens, however much suffering or pain and, and horrible things that might happen, whatever circumstances we're in, the good and the bad, Lord, at the end of the day, that you are sovereign. And sometimes, we, yeah, we don't understand, Lord. But, but you, you know what's going on. And ultimately, your will we've done. So, God, we, 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 we thank you, Lord, for uh, you sending Jesus Christ down your will um, that, that you wanted to, to reconcile us to reconcile, you wanted to redeem us. And as we take the bread and the cup, Lord, that we remember who, who you are and we are internally grateful. Lord, would you forgive us our sins um, that we commit every day, that, that we, as we hurt other people and all these things that go on, Lord, that, that you would continue to, to grow us, that you would continue to um, help us to become more like Jesus Christ um, through it all. And we pray this all in the name of Jesus. So let's just, let's just um, let's, let's say, right, God, we love you. And then let's take it together. Right, one, two, three. God, we love you. All right, let's take that together. All right. And please be seated.